This is episode 100 of the Overclocked Podcast, a regular dose of video game music and conversation from ocremix.org. This week, a special guest runs down our latest remixes, Rexy interviews a couple of other special guests, and we wrap things up with a special playlist of special songs that people would love to see remixed. Before we really start to dig in though, one thing of note lately is that Schnabubula has resumed his VGM cast live streaming series. In this series, he does a request and learning stream, where he takes requests from the audience and learns them on the fly. The performance stream follows two days later. Schnabubula is inspiringly good at picking out the music by ear, and also a highly entertaining improviser, not to mention pretty good at piano, so both streams are quite fun to watch. Follow twitch.tv.schnabubula to get notified when the streams start. Currently, they have been on Fridays and Sundays. You can also find recordings at schnabubula.bandcamp.com. Now to hand things over to our special guest, Lion Tamer, for the Remix Rewind. Well, 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 here we are at episode 100 of the Overclock Podcast, and for this momentous occasion, it is I, Larry OG, otherwise known as Lion Tamer. I'm the head submissions evaluator of OC Remix, and I've been a member of the judges panel for over 15 years and serve as the community manager. So let's take a ride with me to go through the latest releases from Overclock Remix in the Remix Rewind. Rebecca E. Tripp is here to help us beat the summer heat with a chill medley of ice themes from the Donkey Kong Country series. In this case, Donkey Kong Countries 1 and 2 alongside Donkey Kong 64. Crystalbound Chant brings in a light snowfall of new age and classical elements that's both cool and crisp. And yet there's a warmth to it, much like the feeling of watching a snowstorm rage from the comfort of a nice and cozy lodge. On YouTube, the Creepy Pro praises Rebecca's prolific output. He says, I don't know who her muse is or what creative reservoir she has tapped into, but it is impressive to see any artist put out this much quality content in a short while, especially in a musical landscape that just seems so desolate, at least in terms of the mainstream. May she continue to shower us with her brilliance while everybody else struggles to catch up. OC remixer Hoboka adds, I'm a simple man. I see a DKC remix, I download. And it happens to be source tunes that are less represented. This is beautiful work. I should do a medley like this for the OCR Christmas album. This is inspiring.
Lucas Guimaraes debuts on OCR by leading us down the rabbi hole with his experimental prog rock arrangement of Into the Thick of It from Secret of Mana. Also in the thick of it are Lucas's collaborators, Yurito, Furilas, Mark Papagin, and VG Cello Music. If you haven't done so already, be sure to check out the rest of the Secret of Mana album, Resonance of the Pure Land, at mana.ocremix.org. absolutely love the somewhat mysterious yet fresh and adventurous vibe this track has. The powerful drums and groovy bass definitely give this one a huge sense of motion and progression. Then there's also a number of other details that are no less cool. The choir in the intro really helps to set the mood. Dig in that small focus touch at 140 and sweet cello soloing at 3 minutes. And last but not the least, have to mention the guitar. That's some really enjoyable playing right here. Bravo to everyone involved. You nailed it, guys. Fleegan777 says, I take it that the folks at OC Remix are just as excited as everyone else for Trials of Mana's remake, as well as enjoying Collection of Mana. So that calls for more Mana music. A nicely done remix of Into the Thick of It. Did you miss a few classes? Well, it's not too late. There's still time to enroll in the summer course at Overclocked University as Ocean's Andrew drops the beat with this Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Blue Rescue Team track. OA brings his trademark energy to this EDM take on the Sky Tower theme entitled Build It Up. Don't forget the buddy system when you jump out on the dance floor to this jam.
fan himself, Ocean's Andrew, says, even though listening to the source, you could really imagine it as a great 70s-flavored horn-fueled rock song, I decided to try a completely different angle. During the process, I learned a lot about myself, life, and Pokemon during my journey. Did you know that they're all related in a giant tower of life? I didn't either, but you can't deny the facts. Anyway, this was definitely a genre experiment for me, but I think it brings a fresh twist to a classic theme. Always main squeeze Dragon Avenger ads. I danced to this. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't we all? happy to say that OCR has recently announced the addition of two new members to the judges panel. First up is Prophetic Music with a track from the album Chronopolis, music inspired by Chrono Cross, a project that he himself also directed. Titled Outside Looking In, this piece opens with melancholic acoustics that transition into a more electronic atmosphere before bringing it back home with dramatic organic instrumentation. I thought Brad set a good opening mood of melancholy, all while adding more momentum compared to Mitsuda's source tune. There's so much going on with the percussion to give this a different kind of energy. Had I not known that this was arranging a Chrono Cross original, I could have easily mistook the organic, electronic, hybrid approach for something from the Humans and Gears, Xeno Gears remix project back in the day. This remains sad like the source tune, but there's an air of resoluteness that I got from this that really clicked with me. OCR founder DJ Pretzel says, The first half of this arrangement is far more acoustic and has a spaghetti western feel. Before the more electronic synth bits kick in, this sounds like it could be straight off a Tarantino soundtrack. Judge Rexy brings us OCR's first ever remix from Puyo Puyo. Can you believe that? I don't believe it. I Just Skipped Time Yesterday is a wonderfully upbeat chiptune track that you just can't help but smile to. It was originally featured on Radio Sega 10 years for Sega Ears, so be sure to check that album out on Bandcamp. And join us in welcoming both Prophetic Music and Rexy to the judges panel. Lunar Panda says, you guys sure are busting out the bangers lately. Another addition to my jam folder. Meanwhile, I had a lot to say in the write-up for this piece, 
The percussion writing itself was amazingly energetic and varied, and the overall jazziness of this was super strong, with awesome bass work, a lovely and classic chip palette sprinkled in there, and a full tilt toward a bright, happy energy. The tension brought on during the 204 to 232 section was an excellent bit of dynamic contrast before going for a higher key final section. Extremely fun stuff all throughout. with this third posted mix on the site. Morning Coffee takes the area planet wisp theme from Sonic Colors and gives a beautiful acoustic and folk performance with plenty of improvisation. Joni Fuller joins in on violin alongside Ravechul on vocals with an assist from a Marin's PMD 430 cassette recorder that gave this piece the lo-fi atmosphere that makes it feel like a live performance. said, I think this remix is gorgeous and the collabs just make it better. It's very expressive and makes good use of the source. Good work. DJ Pretzel had high praise for this one. The sonic aesthetic is the visual equivalent of volumetric light peeking through trees as you drive along an empty road at dawn. It's quite breathtaking. From Nivik 2401, this is beautiful, so calming. It takes me to a peaceful place. Flash X says, Literally listening to this while I have my morning coffee feels. for this one. The dance floor is lit like a fuse thanks to OCR's first Bomberman Hero mix from Chris Belair. 
post-hyper room is a ticking time bomb of pumping EDM energy that's primed and ready to blow this party sky high. And everyone is sticking around for the boom. MDK says, straight fire. Been listening to this for hours now. A true audio sensation. The contrast between the soothing synth line and the energetic thumping bass is magical. Black Doom writes, gotta admit, this is some super nice stuff. The blend of electronica with vibes and some other jazzy stuff quickly reminded me of TGH's Wiley's Bubble Bath remix. And I love that track so much. Really awesome work here. It's not every day that you also get feedback from the original composer, so I want to give props to Chris Belair for getting that retweet action from the original composer, the legendary Miss June Chikuma. Nice work, Chris. collide in more ways than one when Eurito and Earth Kid merge genres with their arrangement from the Chronopolis album. When Two Worlds Meet utilizes Eurito's electronic proficiency and combines that with Earth Kid's multi-instrumental prowess to take its listeners to another world. Make sure to pick up that album at chronopolis.ocremix.org. Chronopolis director Prophetic Music gave this review. I love eclectic combinations of genres. So when Eurito mentioned that he'd been thinking of an electronic folk hybrid with Earth Kid, I just was so excited to see what they'd come up with. As expected from two talented musicians, they knocked it out of the park. I particularly love the contrast between the Robovox and Earth Kid's floating vocals in the second half of the song.
OCR judge colleague Mind Wanderer summed it up saying, Earth Kid's dulcimer work is superb. The vocals are a beautiful touch, the electronica fits in well, and the beat is infectious. It's quirky and delightful. And DJ Pretzel says, indeed, playful even. Hey, well, we're all loving it. Hey, it's time for another mega collab from Eurito as he returns with friends from the Pixel Mixers community with his rock operatic rendition of Hopes and Dreams from Undertale, which is fittingly titled Guided by Hopes and Dreams. Eurito wrote the arrangement and lyrics, Samathis provided the soaring vocals, while J.M. Abate and Kalu Four Eyes plays were on guitar and bass respectively. This arrangement is featured on the Pixel Mixer's Indie Games tribute album, The Great Tale of the Little Ones, Volume 2. Checking out the rest of that album fills you with determination. Go to pixelmixers.com to check it out. Mitlong says, this is so good. I had to stop what I was doing at work so I could actively listen. I feel like I need to hear it again. Sir Nut says, Listen to this track several times before. It's a great track. The Nightwish feel is very close. It would have been pitch perfect with more heavy metal arrangement tropes, but it doesn't need to be a straight up copy. Production is clean and the vocal performance is great. It's a huge undertaking that turned out very well. uses orchestral rock to give Sonic the Hedgehog 1 Scrap Brain Zone a new spin with Pax Eggmanica, Seer and Reeve. This one was originally featured on OCR's Sonic 25th Anniversary Project, Speeding Toward Adventure, and it doesn't hold anything back, adding original melodic content and filling every moment with shreds, fills, and sudden changes in momentum. 
This fresh interpretation befits both Robotnik's insane, imposing industrial fortress and the blazing speed of its intrepid intruder. Yo, who wrote this script? How many I words do you think you can fit in that last sentence? Inconceivable Igloo Iguana. Dime Tower writes, friggin' face melting. I love what the remixer did here. To take one of the lesser Sonic songs and amplify all its best qualities while still pulling off all kinds of original interpretation is seriously impressive. I love how every minute of this song gets better than the last. There are some truly wonderful stretches in here and the symphonic and speed metal elements come through in spades. The middle solos, the ability to hold on to the melody through everything that's going on, an instant download here. Great job. Project gives us the track he used to win Dwelling of Duel's Yuzo Koshiro Month, a chill yet funky take on Dreamer from Streets of Rage 2. Entitled Las Calles de la Arabia, this creative variation slows things down so that it can lean even harder into syncopation, producing a piece as groovy as it is relaxed. Pixel Mixer's founder, Hashel, says, Oh my god, this is nice, dude. That main riff is so powerful and groovy. Soundol says, Those triplet cross rhythms were very cool. I don't hear nearly enough covers of this track. Meanwhile, Kiyoya Murasaki writes, I like this one. Slow, but progressively getting strong. Also, I like how the title is just Streets of Rage in Spanish. Congrats to Patricio for the DOD win, and make sure to check out more of what the Dwelling of Duels community is cooking up at dwellingofduels.net.
Brain Sound Tilt is Gee Frog's contribution to OCR's Skies of Arcadia album, as well as a twisted and mysterious remix of Ramirez's theme. Here we have glitchy EDM effects, a synthetic choir, a regal organ, and a jazzy piano work in perfect harmony to intentionally root themselves in their own corner of the uncanny valley, leaving you entirely unsure just how it works so well. Dark Flame Wolf, the album's director, writes, Geefrog was phenomenal in turning something that two other remixers struggled with and made it his own, and in record time, too. I don't even think a month went by before the near-finished product was plopped on my lap. Definitely a standout track in an album of so many standouts. album's assistant director Modus writes, being a massive fan of Gee Frog's work and who he is as a person, just someone who has been through struggles and finds joy and reprieve in his creative work, I was uplifted and amazed with what he came up with. Gee is one of those artists I hope to meet someday. There's just something really kind-hearted and honest about him. Over on YouTube, 2Superior 2.0 says, very nice. This remix is peaceful, catchy, and unique all at the same time. Be sure to check out the full Arcadia Legends album over at arcadia.ocremix.org. Once again, Rebecca E. Tripp has given us yet another Chrono Cross remix. This time, a fantastical and folksy mix of On the Banks of a Dream, Another World, mixed with some snippets of the game's credits theme. It's the sort of fanciful piece that could be reminiscing about the past or dreaming of the future, but if the title Yesterday's Dream is anything to go by, maybe it's both. Danger Level 10 writes, This version reminds me of me 10 years ago, longing for that third Chrono Trigger game that never came. Oh, come on, man. Hey, man, don't make me cry. On YouTube, Colossal Failure, which is merely a username, writes, I've listened to so many OC Remix songs for over a decade, and Rebecca E. Tripp's name keeps cropping up in these amazing reimaginings of my favorite video game tracks. I just have to click on them. If you read this, keep up the great work. You're a great talent. And wouldn't you know it, Rebecca herself responded and said, 
thank you. I'm glad you've been enjoying my work. So it almost goes without saying, but please, when you have a nice thing to say about a remix, leave a comment for the artist. It warms their heart. Nuts and Usa combine forces with Izzy Glow and Sigma from the Mega Man X series to bring us a track with the combined forces of Glitch Hop and Jazz. Firefly focuses on synth, piano, and a heaping helping of effects, but doesn't shy away from well-placed vocoder stabs. It was originally created for the 2015 Sigma Fortress Remix Competition, which has produced a fair share of fantastic tracks over the years. The ladies of the judges panel are loving it. Dragon Avenger writes, I love the jazzy feel that you guys kept with the track. It adds a lot of character to the mix and I really enjoyed the groove. The backing parts are all really well tailored to the melodies and everything flowed well together. Nice work here to the both of you. Bazilla was feeling it. Whoa, that vocoded rocket is awesome. Very cool, chill, groovy groove. Such tasty processing. Oh my God, that drop. Excellent detailing. Damn growls. When one hears such sounds, what can one say? Holy hell, what a cool song. Going in my favorites folder. Mega Man. Chiptune specialist B Soul Mass 13 brings us his first posted OC remix, Rock the Masters, a heavily chip based EDM cover of Mega Man 3's stage select theme. This track sticks to its guns, maintaining its crisp chip melody throughout almost the entire piece and embellishing it with constantly shifting layers of chips, synths, and drums to create the sense of evolution that most artists use melodic variation to produce. 
WCR Grand Poobah, DJ Pretzel writes, The Sharif does like it. The extended chip intro had me thinking this was going to be straight chip tune, but then the drop hits with a filled out, more modern EDM backing, and things grew from there. It's pretty cool that this mix was produced entirely within Core Gadget, and on the Switch version too, no less. Not entirely surprising, since Gadget has pretty good synth options for chip sounds in particular, but nifty nonetheless, especially since it turned out so well. And reacting to the expanded composition with this one, YouTuber Plus Piping says, Ah, yes, here's what I wish that song was in the game. This! Love this rich jam. Delivering OCR's first featured Killer Instinct arrangement in nearly 15 years, Paul Hadame returns with his third OC remix, once again taking on a title developed by Rare. But instead of tackling the Donkey Kong Country series once again, Paul's Dawn of the Instinct is a gritty take on Robin Beanland's classic KI main theme. After Paul thanked OCR on YouTube for posting his new mix, Alphurnus congratulated Paul saying, well, pat yourself on the back because you did an excellent job. Always great to see more KI representation on OCR. In fact, the official Killer Instinct Twitter account also tweeted a response of Parks and Recreation's Ron Swanson nodding his head to the music. In reaction to that, the Greek voice of the Waze app on Olai, Chris Christophorus said, Damn, Ron Swanson Duke Silver levels of approval. I agree, naturally. official KI Twitter account and the original composer Robin Beanland, Paul's remix is perfectly timed to coincide with the fighting game community's Bring Back KI movement. Hopefully Microsoft keeps it going with the Killer Instinct franchise. And it doesn't get any better than the original composer being in favor of the remix. Robin Beanland's reaction? Wow, fantastic work, Paul. He's a BAFTA winner, you know. remixes but you don't skip any of them do you i mean do you know what you're potentially missing out on for 
all of these remixes and thousands more, go to ocremix.org. I'm not Stephen, as you might have put together. In fact, I'm actually Vexy. But I'm here to interview some special people as part of this 100th episode milestone. 93 episodes ago, I was in the hot seat with Dusk and talked about a certain remix with the original hosts of the Overclock podcast. And today, the tables have turned! So, <laughs> with me right now, we have the legends, the absolute mythicals. That are Stephen Kelly. I'm going to talk first. I'm Stephen. and we also have brian hello i it's really weird to be introduced instead of introducing yeah this feels (laughs) this feels wrong we need to ask you a lot of questions very quickly to put us in our interview comfort zone (laughs) well if you have anything to ask then you can do that right now before we actually make a uh head start on this (laughs) okay i actually do have a question to kick this off okay and rexy that is how are you doing oh uh, doing okay, actually. Uh, how long have I oh, been uh, doing the, the whole judging thing on Aussie Remix for? Like uh, two months now. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I wasn't. E- That's a good point. I wasn't expecting to be in this kind of position, but it's just amazing either way to uh, give yeah. feedback to other people and also help out other people behind the scenes. Yeah. So the tables have turned for you too. Now you're uh, now you're judging other people. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm also helping out Overclock Podcast whenever they need a hand, including this kind of situation in front of me. Yep. But anyway, we're kind of getting a little bit too off a tangent right there. So yep. um, for those listeners to the podcast that have been living under a rock for the past few years, <laughs> I think it's best that you two introduce yourselves. I think that works. So yeah, as as Rexy already kind of introed for us, we're Stephen O'Brien, the original host of this podcast. I'm going to assume that a lot of people who listen to the show have been listening since the Kelly Brother days. Uh, but if you haven't, if you're more of a newcomer, We kind of got our start in Overclock Remix in the first place by coming to them pitching this podcast idea and uh, kind of ran with it from there. And we did it for a couple years, just the two of us hosting it all the time and retired (laughs) somewhat recently. So I don't remember whose idea it was, but someone is kicking around the thought that they would interview us for the 100th episode, uh, which is kind of wild to think that it's gotten to like such a huge milestone while we were gone. But here we are and happy to be so. You know, it's absolutely fantastic to actually be in this reverse situation I'll uh, tell you that. <laughs> but since you mentioned that you wanted to pitch the uh, whole podcasting to OC Remix then sure there there has to be a reason as to why you aimed for that and not some other place so how did you discover OC Remix in the first place? Mm, I don't know Brian, do you even remember? I see when I was thinking about this interview, I'm like, this question is going to come up and I could not remember. (laughs) (laughs) I know you did. I know you introduced me to it, Stephen. So I'm going to kick it over to you. You know, I think the earliest memory I have of OCR was finding, I think one of their songs was on, what was that old, um, was it? Groove Shark. Oh, yeah. Remember that service? There was some service that would like an early internet playlist radio sort of deal kind of illegal too so it got shut down (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty (laughs) illegal (laughs) but i think that i found one of big giant circles remixes for sonic 3 on there and thought it was incredibly cool it was um what was it it was like eastern ice circles i think from oh that's eastern ice field actually Mm -hmm. It. Yeah, it was one of the first remixes I had ever heard. Uh, turned me on to Big Giant Circles in the first place. Oh, Lou, 
dude! And I think that was like my, I guess, uh, original intro to the whole concept. Yeah, you mentioned that all the way back in episode 87 where you had that playlist of everyone's firsts. So yeah, I mean, I was hoping to ask you a little bit more about how you feel drawn to it, but that's always a good idea going into uh, places like Napster and Cancel, oh, goodness sake. I don't even know <laughs> if I should even um, let them rest in peace or let them rot in dust or something. I don't know. <laughs> something. So uh, we've all know about uh, Steven's introduction to OCR both through this and that old episode, but what is Brian's? So I'm pretty sure it came through Steven. Um, he was just listening to all this music and eventually I kind of through osmosis I would hear him listening to it and I'd see it in his iTunes library and I'd port it into mine I can't remember which individual song was first but I do remember a lot of big giant circles I remember a lot of zircon mm-hmm. um trying to think of other artists that were really like actually I think Rexy some of yours were some of the first ones I heard and dusk mm-hmm. um those were also some like, of the first uh dark sword stuff I remember like metroid prime Yep, Dark Souls was some of the first as well. And I remember just being kind of blown away at how all this free, really high quality music that was out there. It felt like cheating, honestly. Yeah, I remember I would go in once I found out that there was also a website and I would just download the songs monthly. So I just like have a monthly playlist where it would just continuously grow and grow and grow. And then I go into like the the deep backlogs of like weird games that i never played before and there are still like series like castlevania um and like most of street fighter that i've never actually played the games but i know the music by heart because of overclock remix yeah i'm kind of in that same kind of position myself i mean there's all sorts of games that i never got to play and in fact it's going to happen a lot more as i go through the uh big queue and the judges but uh yeah it's all about the bgm and how much it attracts you it's just amazing so bit of a shame there's no specifics going from brian but it's Always good to just listen to general people anyway. (laughs) You'll find that a lot of our shared histories are exactly that, being shared. We sort of forget who discovered what first. (laughs) And about you two would have actually done podcasting together as well, just sticking around as a pair of brothers. Yeah. In fact, what inspired you to start making them in the first place? You know, we actually have a good answer for that. (laughs) (laughs) Most of our answers are going to be like, I don't know, Groove Shark or Napster, probably. (laughs) But... But this one is the kind of answer that um, goes way back. I was probably nine or ten, I guess, and I got a tape recorder. It was a Home Alone branded Talkboy, for <gasps> those who might remember. <laughs> oh, a Talkboy. I remember those things. My brother used to have one of those. And <laughs> yep, they were all the rage. <laughs> it had a bunch of useless features, like trying to make your voice sound more like the Home Alone guy, I guess. I never saw the movie. Um, I didn't really care about that stuff, but it served as inspiration to just make up weird, silly, goofy characters and do fake radio broadcasts and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of the early stuff was me thinking up storylines and characters and forcing Brian into the relegated sidekick roles <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> it's called being a younger brother. It's fun. I never thought of doing that kind of uh, show myself. I mean, all I did was just did karaoke whenever I got the chance to play with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we let's see so that we probably did just weird productions and stuff we did everything from like making our own little radio dramas to doing like spoofs of, we love to spoof 
radio advertisements. So we just make up advertisements for random, um, for random different products that we just came up with our head. We actually had one friend who would do it with us. If you're wondering how we developed the, um, slightly on the nose, slightly obnoxious, welcome to the Overclock Podcast persona. It was just years of childhood practice <laughs> being irritated. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's what childhood is, is you imitate stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we just hear stuff on the radio and then we'd imitate it and we'd, we'd make fun of it or we'd try to do it ourselves. And so it was, a, it was a long period of that. But what actually got us from doing that to like publishing stuff? Mm. Steven, I think that was again in your your camp. Yeah, that was, um, I guess, quite a bit later when we had really delved into the world of video games for a long time. It was our I mean, that was our like teens, I guess, was spent learning about games. We first got an N64 and then moved on to GameCube and then jumped back to every old system we could get our hands on, like, you know, uh, original NES and the Dreamcast and um, all kinds of stuff. And so that really became like our primary way of spending time with each other. So it seemed only natural that when podcasts started to take off, we would try our hand at making a video game podcast ourselves. Well, it's more than just video games. You somehow covered all the wells are wells.com. A lot of you are familiar with uh, Train Station at 8, if you are familiar with the Kelly Brothers. Mm-hmm. But there are so many other ones that you can also see on there. You have Spotty Translation, which is the anime-based podcast. Oh my gosh. And Hearthaholics, which is more like a tabletop kind of thing thing the main whales are whales podcast in fact um those three um plus the overclock podcast plus uh suzuki jam yes that's the one that's more like general japanese culture were all worked mm, on at the mm-hmm. same time covering most of 2017 so how on earth did you cope with juggling five active podcasts all at once ah oh, the renaissance years <laughs> we quit <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever find another human who would reference to Techie Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was honestly, it was a lot of the friends because going back in the history of it, we started, Stephen, you started doing a video game podcast with a couple of friends mm-hmm. um, who we met online, kind of through forums like the OC Remix sort of thing. And so we started doing stuff with them. And a lot of that was, you know, one friend was doing spotty translation while I was kind of heading up Hearthaholics with a couple other friends. And so it kind of became this core group of five or six people that we're all just kind of creating stuff at the same time. Yeah. Um, so honestly, a lot of it's outsourcing. <laughs> you get other people to do stuff with you and for you. I mean, outsourcing sounds a little cold and business. Exactly. You are the cold businessman between the two of us. Yeah. So I can't be too surprised. It was sort of like you said, we were all thinking up ideas together. So it was only natural that we would guess on each other's shows as well. So, you know, like I would be on two of the shows. You'd be on two of the shows. We'd both be on one of the shows. Yeah. And uh, I guess one of those turned out to be a video game music podcast, like you said, Rexy which is Train Station at 8, which is to this day one of my favorite projects that we've ever done. Yeah, I still remember how that one started, which was just um, we were doing our video game podcast with our friends, and that was all fine. And we were kind of thinking of other ideas and stuff we wanted to do. And one day you just came to me and you're like, you know what we talk about a lot like outside of the podcast? Um, Video game music. And I'm like, I guess you're right. I hadn't realized how much we talked about that because neither of us are really musicians. Mm -mm. Um, Neither of us have like have a music background or a music family. Mm-mm. We did. We didn't even do childhood karaoke like Rex. <laughs> we were behind the <laughs> exactly. But we just found we were talking it, about video game music all the time. We were sharing each other's songs. Yeah. We were just uh, kind of dissecting them, figuring out why we like different things, what our tastes were, and we were just paying more and more attention to the music in video games. And we're like, well, why don't we just start talking about that with other people? Let's find and interview all of these people that we care about and all these composers that we like and. Because we, I find with podcasts a lot, like the interesting conversations are going to be the ones you're having in your free time anyway. 
And that's kind of how train station started. And sometimes the interesting conversations um, happen before and after the podcast. Yeah. You'll, you'll you know, uh, start chatting quite naturally with whoever your guest is going to be on the show. And then it's like everyone's like, OK, now we got to record. And everyone just starts going through their kind of scripted lines. They tell their story. Then you turn the recording off and everyone starts talking more naturally again. I think that was one of the big things we wanted to do with train station at eight is we had the guests on for the whole show. They were like there for every segment. And so we had plenty of time to just kick back and be really chill about it and and just have human conversations. No one had to sell anything or prove anything. And I think that's kept us coming back to it mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah, I remember you asking a lot of people at OCU Remix to yes. uh, take part on this one. I know I was pretty late to uh, join Station 8 myself, but it was just a nice, cozy atmosphere that you guys set up. Hmm. In fact, just looking at the website as a whole and all the team that I got going on, I mean, I can see a lot of people working on the Wales or Wales podcast at the moment in time, and that's great. But what's the origin story behind Wales or Wales? I get the idea that Wales themselves are silly, but who came up with it? Okay, now we have to jump back in time again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's a two-part answer to this question. Ryan, I'll let you handle the second part, which is the important one. Okay, I'm just going to tackle the name because I think we have to... Uh, give the people what they want. <laughs> so whales are whales. Um, back, like I said, we spent our youth playing games. That meant a lot of downtime. That meant a lot of time of just being bored in games, even as we were having perfectly enjoyable times together. And so one day when we were playing Shadow of the Colossus and wandering around the you know desolate landscape for the 100th hour, I think it was Brian who burst into song um, of just nonsense lyrics. And involved in that was the whales are whales line. It was both a non sequitur and also um, a painfully obvious statement to the point where it, it sort of cracked us up and it became a weird catchphrase. So when we decided that we wanted to have a a home for all of our creative projects, which had before just been unrelated, we knew we wanted a non-specific name that meant something personal to us, but also something that was just goofy that we would remember. And that's why we chose that name. Well, it sticks out, that's for sure. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see something as large and life as that, but it just helps sell your colossal projects. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yes. It also means if anyone ever asks us, I have to tell them a five minute long story. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, what was the second part I was supposed to tackle, Stephen? Well, the second part is why and how we, I guess, started Whales or Whales in the first yeah. place. And you already kind of touched upon that. I think you kind of tackled that there where we we had our friend group and we were doing our, our video game music stuff and or not music, just our video game podcast. And we were like, well, we want to do stuff and keep creating with people, but we want to do stuff more than just this one podcast, more than just uh, video games. And so that's where we kind of came up with the idea of let's create mm-hmm. just kind of a website where we can park everything. And that's why when you go there, it's such a hodgepodge of stuff because it was never created as like, um, we are, I don't know, about and- video games or we're about it's just literally a place to put stuff that we come up with it was never created as like a public facing entity if you know what i mean right it was a place to crash all of our fun projects but it we didn't have like a pr mission statement yeah it was very much just us riffing off of the things we loved to do and we hoped that it would somehow be cohesive <laughs> in the end yeah and i think the overclock podcast for you and me steven that really became like where we were putting 95% of our time oh, yeah, once yeah. that started. That was a turning point for sure. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, I believe if we're going to go by a term that I heard at MacFest 2018, just by seeing everything that just, that just comes together, you just never know what you're going to do next. And that's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> oh boy. It's so true. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember that. I wonder who said that. I want to go get his autograph. <laughs> I think it was you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is embarrassing. Hold on, I need to write my name down real quick. And that, it was fun because 
is the Overclock podcast actually came directly out of Train Station at eight because um, mm-hmm. it was one of our last episodes. If you look at the the episode list, um, we had um, I think it was episode fifty five. We had uh, Sharakon, who is Dark Sword, and at the end of that episode, we were just like, "So, by the way, do you guys like want a podcast for Overclocked?" And by the way, for and Dark Sword is one of the head honchos at OverclockedRemix.org. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. And so we just randomly brought that up to him, and he was like, "Oh." kind of an interesting idea and so we just kind of kept hounding him about it for a while and eventually um got permission from them all to to start up the overclock podcast and they were they were just super um accommodating with it all and and helped us a lot get that going and then it just picked up so much natural momentum from there because we had an audience yeah. of people who were just all really invested in the same thing yeah doc is just so chill isn't he i mean yes uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> so um, whenever DJP and Larry aren't around, he's always there to liaise with people and help them out. So oh, yeah. it's just amazing just to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's super community focused and very just welcoming and supportive about stuff. He's a very cool guy. Absolutely. Amazing stuff. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned the OCPC itself then. In fact, we're going to actually take an interval just right here and bring up a little bit of the throwback right here. Let's go for the original main theme to the Overclock podcast right here. We have Happy Beeplewax Jet Set Radio Arrangement Late Night Sneak In, covering both Sneak Man and Let Mom Sleep. So yeah, we'll uh, aim the for the track right now and we'll catch you in a few minutes. Understand what's going on? <laughs> 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 
late night sneaking anyone got a little bit of uh, nostalgia just hearing that all over again <laughs> oh man and that's all thanks to steven like when we were coming up with the idea for the overclock podcast we knew we wanted to do a podcast for overclock remix obviously but i mean i was kind of thinking we would just do train station date for a different audience but steven was like no i have a vision for this this needs to be like an old <laughs> like radio show where we have bumpers and we have that energy going and we have almost that that dj kind of feel and i'm like that sounds stupid and he's like no it's gonna be good because it's gonna be jet set radio themed and that's when i started <laughs> okay. kind of getting on board and he put together a test episode i was still super skeptical i was like i don't know i feel like our old format is oh, right. better and he put together a test episode for me and i started to really get sold on the idea when he and it was honestly that song being we cut that song up into a lot of different little pieces to make all of our different bumpers like you have those little five six second bumpers most of those are little segments from that song um that we just found worked as uh interstitial um stuff and i don't know steven just did a really good job like pulling the whole show together thematically with just using that that kind of one source material Oh, I was hoping to actually ask you about why you chose it, but it looks like you pretty much just gave me the answer <laughs> right away. <laughs> Beat you to the fun. Kick-Ass one just is split into tiny pieces like that. And uh, very good call seeing radio and podcast as uh, two completely um, different things that work beautifully together. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, oh, yeah. um, how do you guys get drawn to the Jet Set Radio soundtrack as a whole? And by extension, the work of Hideki Naganuma. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, we get to talk about Hideki Naganuma. Oh, this is a good interview. Okay, Sega. <laughs> we are big Sega fans. I think everyone knows this. Yeah. I've, like, uh, shoehorned Sonic the Hedgehog into more overclocked podcast episodes than should be humanly possible. But that's the series we grew up listening to. Like, the old story about how Sonic CD was our first, uh, first both first video game, uh, for the most part. I guess Lost Vikings gets that crown. But definitely our first, like, game soundtrack. And so, um, I don't know, it's been in our DNA. Sonic Adventure 2 was huge for us as well. Like I said before, we were like buying Dreamcasts and trying to dig back into the old records. And so we tried to play as much Sega stuff as we get our hands on. And that included Jet Set Radio. And I mean, the game's good. Like, I'll play that. Uh, what is it, the second one, Brian, do you remember? Jet Set Radio Future. Future. Yeah, I love that game, but you know, it wasn't one of my favorites. But the music... The music has stuck with me. And that and, that and the stuff uh, Naganuma did for Sonic Rush, it's some of my favorite of all time. It's it's just uh, like wildly unique and cool. It's like the Japanese Fatboy Slim, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up hearing a lot of Fatboy Slim on the radio and 
back in the 90s and mm-hmm. Nagunuma's work reminded me of this so it's yeah. great to see that kind of style right there so um, yeah just seeing all this just uh, come around it kind of ties us back towards MAGFest 2018 and how I got to see you in the face for the first time yeah that was great <sighs> oh my god that was amazing I hope you get to make it out again sometime that's always a, a blast oh I really want to like I said to, to uh, Brian in particular it's very expensive to fly out oh, towards yeah. the US from the other side of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. And of course, vice versa. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Either either way, yeah. And uh, I remember Will Rock made it out as well, and that was that was really cool as well. And I really hope to. Oh yeah. Hope the Will more Hook, of those. Proto Dom and myself, yeah. Yep. All coming yep. out there together. That was really neat. But yeah, one one thing I remember from that event was Stephen getting involved with a creativity panel at Magfest. It, on the Thursday itself. Mm-hmm. So how did Amy Say, a.k.a. Diodes, drop you into this panel anyway? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, that goes back to my favorite thing about um, doing these podcasts, which is the colossal number of people that we've met mm-hmm. and the friends that we've made through it. And Amy is someone that I guess I just crossed paths with at MAGFest right. at some point. She's, you know been involved in the OCR crew as well and um after we had I guess I had interviewed her that's right of course that's how I meet most of my friends <laughs> I had interviewed her uh what was what was even going on I don't remember if, if it was one of her solo albums or just her OCR work in the past it's my brain sort of turning it around trying to figure it out but I guess regardless um we kind of hit it off we had like some really interesting conversations and kept that going like off air uh, and like to this day, we still exchange emails back and forth, just talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's, it's like one of my favorite friendships that I developed through doing the show. And something we often talk about is the concept of creativity. Um, we both like doing different things, whether it's writing music, writing novels, um, you know, making podcasts, whatever it may be. We're, we talk about that stuff a lot. And so it just was sort of a natural fit for me to um, help out with the panel since, you know, that was the topic. Yeah, it just feels uh, great just seeing people of so many different backgrounds in this panel all at once. And by far, yep. I do remember that catchphrase and the whole thing about, was it Steve Vai who kept bees or something? <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of my favorite bits of trivia. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't even on the panel, but I'm glad that made it in there. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that was amazing yeah, to hear. I'm pretty sure you told me about that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, um, how different did it actually feel to speak to a live audience in comparison to a cozy recording setup? You know, it actually wasn't that big of a difference to me. Uh, despite having a long history of social awkwardness, I really was cool with it. Like, it just felt like, how do I put this? The thing about the podcasts that we record and the thing about MAGFest is I feel like everyone wants to be there. Everyone, like, wants to be a part of it and has something to offer. And it's just a bunch of human beings learning interesting things about each other. So, um, the whole vibe was great. So, I, I it was really fun. I was a little bit, uh, maybe freaked out that i would go over my time because we had certain like limits on that i remember pacing uh like the hallways beforehand trying to make sure i had it like you know into the two minutes or whatever i had but um it was really cool i enjoyed it i definitely remember from that event it was great to not only see everyone but also everyone's labeled name tags there as well that was also a fantastic idea (laughs) oh that's right yeah everyone like put the different like um aspects of things that they worked on like 
as a name tag. So like, I think it had like podcaster and writer and stuff like that. Would have made me wonder exactly what Larry would put down if he was creative. But <laughs> yeah, hello, Harry, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So it's still fantastic to see everyone getting involved with their own little bits of things. But talking of little bits yep. of things, just um, even after you left the Overclock podcast and I thought you two would end up taking a bit of the breather, you're still working on the Whales or Whales podcast. And it's a bit of a different direction now. You're just working on just one podcast project at this current moment in time. So how's it feel to just get stripped down to just the one commitment in comparison to the five you were doing two years ago. Well, the truth is that we secretly are working on other projects that just aren't announced yet. <laughs> and so we actually have committed ourselves <laughs> to multiple things. Uh, the the Whales are yeah. Whales podcast is a decoy that we update once every six months. Yeah, it's, it's actually been suffering a lot recently because everyone is really busy with other stuff. But there are a couple of projects in particular, one of which we are doing with people we met from the video game music community um, or, or one person in particular, but that hasn't been announced yet. And then one we're I mean, doing kind of has been announced, though, right? Like, oh, it has been announced. I guess so. He's talked about it on their show. I think we can t- like at least say what it is. Oh, sure. Then uh, then, yeah, go go ahead. Um, OK, so the Super Mercado brothers are probably a familiar name for people who've been listening to the Overclock podcast for a while. One of them, Will, Will Brueggemann, uh, he has a... <laughs> godlike talent for composition it's ridiculous a truly a mastermind he's an amazing songwriter he has a true love for classic broadway musicals and he's been itching to write one for a long time and so he didn't know what format it was going to take and uh, someone mentioned to him what if you tried doing a podcast so he's like okay broadway musical podcast that could be something but he um he was mostly interested in writing the music and wasn't sure if he wanted to write the, the entire script that would go along with a story like that. So he reached out to me and Brian. And since then, we've been collaborating, uh, going back and forth, um, putting the story together and integrating it with the music he's written so far. Huge disclaimer, it is all a work in progress. Um, so I can't really say too much else about it. We're just letting it go where it, where it goes. But he did debut one of the demo tracks that he's been working on um, on the Super Mercado Bros uh, podcast. So you can go go dig back there and find it and and listen to what he's up to. It's it's turning out to be something pretty special so far. Yeah, that would have been on their most recent original showcase. Oh, I'm very familiar with the Marcato brothers. Yes. Uh, not only are they talented musicians from what I also saw at MAGFest, but they've also got the podcasting um, shtick down pat as well. Oh, yeah. When you mentioned the yeah. idea of a Broadway podcast, you made me think they're doing a, um, a serialized musical podcast thing. Like, um, you're familiar with the Super Smash Opera, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like um, doing... Uh, an entire musical performance yep. every uh, week or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. Oh, yeah, probably not every week. But it is the idea of releasing it serialized and doing like a ten episode season of uh, and and breaking out like a full musical into that format. So that's kind of the idea behind mm-hmm. it. And so sort of like a just a TV show, but only for your ears and lots of singing. <laughs> It's a good way to put it. Well, um, actually, are you two going to be doing some singing in this one? Because it'll be amazing. No, No, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, 
Yeah. We are writers solely and entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess I'll leave the singing to the higher amateurs then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, oh, yeah. I do encourage you all to listen to the Wales or Wales podcast. I know they said they've ended up spending months behind certain months, but the only gap I've seen was one between the extra episode in February and you guys seeing Avengers Endgame back in May. You still remain pretty consistent, though. We're still trying. I mean, we haven't completely abandoned it. Some podcasts fade away. And I mean, if people like hearing our dumb conversations with our friends, there's there's a lot in there, a lot of weird improv stuff, <laughs> a lot of um, just fun. And so if you like our personalities, it's it's a good time. And those are some of our just best friends. So, uh, yeah, it, it's cool stuff. And we'll definitely uh, keep you all updated on on our future projects and how all this musical stuff goes and just keep keep plugged in with the whole overclocked world here oh, it's yeah. just great to end up seeing you guys keeping on in touch either way check them out whalesorwhales.com if they have anything new then something else will get listed alongside the whales or whales podcast do you guys have social media to plug as well not these days i am like completely off of all social media <laughs> so yeah you won't you won't find me there yeah we sort of just disappeared <laughs> oh dear well <laughs> nevertheless the doors are still open for both of you nevertheless oh, yeah. you can still check out Stephen doing the Intune interview on occasion here on the OCPC. But for now, um, it'll be a bit of a while before we get to hear you both on the air again. But thank you very much for joining us and happy 100th OCPC episode then. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. <laughs> what a fantastic occasion. Yeah, thanks, Rexy. This is fantastic. I feel spoiled that I got to talk about myself for an entire interview. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I'll uh, give you that. Let's just hope that in uh, episode 200, you guys will still be around. Oh, God. I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. No, that sounds awesome. We'll see you all then. The Playlist is a regular collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. This episode's playlist was The Wishlist. I am Eino Keskitalo, and I will be hosting this playlist along with Phoenix Town and Patchpet. The idea of this particular playlist is that these are all excellent pieces of video game music that haven't yet been covered on Overclocked Remix. So, any VGM arranger listening, feel free to start working on an arrangement of one of these tunes. You are bound to make at least one person very happy. Actually, let us know if you do. Or if you know of a great arrangement for one of these tracks outside of OCR, let us know as well. Now, onto the playlist itself. Take it away, guys. From Mohawk and Headphone Jack, Koisaheis, track one, submitted by Black Doom, who says, We all know and love Games Done Quick events, and I've been following this marathon for a long time, and every time there are games and runners that blow my mind completely. But during AGDQ 2019, they presented something that became easily one of my favorite runs of any GDQ ever. The funny thing is that it was actually part of the so-called awful Games Done Quick block. I'm talking about PJ and his mohawk and headphone jack run. I've probably watched that video about 10 times already by the time of writing this, and it doesn't become less entertaining each time I watch it. The game itself is super weird actually, and you certainly gotta have the guts even to complete it casually. A couple of weeks ago I decided to check out the game's soundtrack. 
and I didn't expect it to be that catchy. It strongly reminded me of a blend of some Toadram and Earl and Earthwoom Gem music, and all kinds of funky stuff and whatnot. After giving the OST a couple of solid listens, I ended up liking this tune the most, which ironically was playing during a major part of the run. Music One from Racing Hero and submitted by Electric Boogaloo. Submitted by Rexy, who says, One of my first posts on OC Remix was asking someone to cover the final boss theme for Risto, Greedy Game. I loved the creepy mood it set up, which then switched up to a memorable, faster-paced B section with the melodic funk that had been associated with the game at that point. 17-year-old me thought that was the greatest boss theme I had ever heard, and yes, I was yet to really appreciate the glory that was Dancing Mad. Now it's 2019, and we still don't have enough Risto mixers on the site. A well-interpreted cover of this would be absolutely fantastic.
from Devilish and submitted by Utopia Nemo, who says, although that song is so amazing, it would take a god to do it justice. Megarace New San, submitted by Patchpan, who writes in The main ones I want are from a game with a popular enough soundtrack where I'm sure OCO will have something sooner or later. So instead, I'm submitting a much more obscure track that a friend of mine wanted to see remixed. Apparently, he played the game a lot as a kid, and both he and his dad, who wasn't a huge fan of video games, still remembered one of the tracks years later. That might not have been this one, but I know it was something from Mega Race.
High Speed from Death Rally and submitted by Yorito, who says, let me submit some mod file goodness, Death Rally. I played this game a ton on my PC way back and has such a lovely tasty 90s soundtrack. It was either this or One Must Fall, and that one already has some OCR coverage. Sadly, Death Rally doesn't. Battle, Emerald Beach, submitted by Steven with the following comment. I understand that Sonic Battle screams at the listener non-stop, shrill with the Game Boy Advance hardware attempting to approximate the electric guitars, but I love it all the same. I've always wanted a full rock band to do justice to its fun harmonies, frantic percussion, and supremely satisfying organ solos.
title theme from Star Tropics and submitted by Cliff Bailey. the Dolphin, Defender of the Future, Aquamarine Bay, submitted by Lion Tamer, who simply says, Tim Fallon's the man, still waiting.
Main menu from Omicron, the Nomad Soul, and submitted by John Bunday, who says, just finished this game last week and I couldn't see any remixes, so hopefully Omicron, the Nomad Soul, aka the game with David Bowie in it, will qualify. Right, Trials and Tribulations, The Fragrance of Dark Coffee. Submitted by Phoenix Dan, who explains, I told myself not to pick something from the Persona series because I figured that would be too obvious for me. So here's one of my all-time favorite pieces of VGM, Gatto, The Fragrance of Dark Coffee, from Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright, Trials and Tribulations.
Terran Theme 1 from StarCraft and submitted by Jack Barton.
From Banjo Kazooie, Rusty Bucket Bay. Submitted by Mr. Skinner3D, who writes I suspect I am already too late for this, but I had to try. I would love for someone to remix the Rusty Bucket Bay theme from Banjo Kazooie. The fast runs of the melody make for an interesting challenge. Next episode's playlist theme is Serious Mode. Music that goes with those intense, challenging, and sometimes even stressful stages in games. Special thanks to everyone who contributed to this milestone, including Aino Cascatalo for scripting and editing, Phoenix and myself for scripting and hosting the playlist, Lion Tamu for hosting the Remix Rewind, Rexy for hosting the interview, Stephen and Brian Kelly for being interviewed, and all of our viewers for supporting us and submitting to the playlist. This episode's lyrical wisdom. Now these points of data make a beautiful line. And we're out of beta. We're releasing on time. So I'm glad I got burned. Think of all the things we learned for the people who are still alive.